So that's where we're going to take the conversation today. Not in detail about the different gifts of the Holy Spirit, but to have a conversation about ministry that will get us to the place where we're acknowledging its need in us and its need through us, okay? All right. So a few years ago, I think we were still at the high school at the time, I was praying one morning, and the Lord gave me a vision. And I'm kind of... a short attention span person, and I'm never quite sure when I'm just off in, you know, weirdness and when it's the Lord. But the vision was Legos, you know, like little toy Legos. And I'm seeing these Legos, and, and I'm, I'm going down this thought path of Legos, and all of a sudden I thought to myself, Lord, have I gotten distracted or is this you? And, and the impression was it was him. I said, why in the world are you showing me Legos? And what he was showing me is that a Lego is a really good representation of a person, like a Christian Because on one side, the Legos have a part that sticks out. And on the other side, the Legos have a part that receives the part that sticks out. Everybody's got the part that sticks out is is a gift. It's something to offer everybody else. And everybody else has got a part that needs a part. And that when the church operates as designed, because he doesn't give anybody everything, and he doesn't overwhelm, you know, everybody, anybody that has like so many needs, they're just inconsolable that the church functions properly when the parts start to fit together like Legos fit together and eventually that all of the the needing parts are filled up with all of the, the offering parts. And he said that the church is the same way too. That literally, remember at the beginning I talked about denominations. The problem the church has is this. We, we have blinders on relative to the different denominations and you build a stack where the needs meet the, uh, you know, like this, and it tips easy. Same with the body of Christ. He hasn't given me every need that Teresa has, you know, to satisfy every need that Teresa has. Otherwise, we would be tilty. He gives me some and Margie some and somebody else Teresa has of theirs, and you get this interweaving that becomes wide and tall, and it's stable. And it's the same way with the churches. If we don't interact with... I don't know, the Lutheran church or or the Methodist church or the Nazarene church, and they don't interact with us, then the body isn't stable because it's connected in little pieces. Like you got this really great hand, but no arm hooked it up. Hooked it up. (laughs) You know, that's some kind of theological talk probably. That's what ministry is about. It's about figuring out really through the Holy Spirit what it is that we have to offer and being brave enough to recognize that there are things that we need. And then as he starts to put them together, to be humble enough to offer what we have and to receive what he has for us. God, in his providence, works from the inside out, right, in the individual, and really, I think, within the church. So when when you get born again, he begins then to start to work on the inside. And as he does his work on the inside, Jesus starts to show up on the outside. Same, same with us. I think it was Wednesday in the class, somebody, somewhere somebody spoke a prophecy like that the Lord has been ministering to us through us kind of in here to get us to the place where as a, as a more collective body, we're ready to be out there. And that's how the Holy Spirit works within you, and he works within me, and I think he works within the church itself, is he starts inside. Everything is inside out, right? What defiles a person? Scripture says it's not what you eat. You can eat whatever you want, 
food gets dealt with in the body and it's eliminated. He said, what defiles a person is what comes out. But what glorifies God is also what comes out, right? Holy Spirit is inside. He's working and, and, and mending and healing and strengthening and encouraging and empowering our hearts so that he can come out. So God works from the inside out. And that's the way ministry is. It's from the inside out. That's the way receiving ministry is, from the inside out. There's, there's actually quite a lot of conversation about gifts, God's gifts to the church in the New Testament. Some of those gifts are people as gifts, right? They're people as gifts to the church. And, and some of those gifts are gifts for people for the church. So, for example, in Ephesians 4.8, uh, uh, the little, little piece of Ephesians 4.8 says, and he gave gifts to men. He, in this case, is Jesus. And then if you just scroll down to Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, he describes the gifts and their purpose. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. So from the perspective of gifts being given kind of as persons to the church, Jesus gave the church gifts, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. They are gifts from Christ for his church. And they're for a very specific purpose, for the building up of the body, for the work of service. So in a very technical sense, when we look at ourselves as a church body, I'm given to you as a gift to equip you to then do the work of the church within the church and within the world. Now, I'm also part of the body of Christ, so I have work to do as a member of the body, but in this particular part of my life, I'm a gift to you. Jesus was the fullness of the representation of all of his gifts to the church. Jesus was the apostle. He was the sent one from heaven, literally the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one. He was the prophet. They called him prophet. Uh, He was the evangelist. He was the pastor, the shepherd, and he was the teacher, the perfect teacher that gave us so much wisdom in his personal teaching. But God doesn't give all to anyone like he gave to Jesus. Otherwise, we would all just be Jesus, right? But we're not all Jesus. We're part of his body, individually gifted so that we can bring about his purpose. He's the head, we're the body. So, One of the things that we need to be praying about, actually, let me just tell you so I don't forget, I pray so much for the fullness of the gifts of the Holy Spirit to be manifest in this body right here, all of them, all the time. But I'm not so sure I'm not the only one who's mostly praying that. 
So I'm asking you to pray. I'm asking you to pray that all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit would be fulfilled within our body. That we would be a city on a hill because we would look like Jesus. He is the perfect light that the world needs to see. Jesus said, if I be raised up, men would be drawn to me. One of the sets of gifts is also the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, the pastor and the teacher. In, in Western church, we're excellent at pastor. We get pastor. The pastor's like everything. But he's not everything in the Bible. He's just a part. Now, you can read the scriptures that pastor and teacher are kind of connected. And I think that's true, to be honest with you, because of the role that the pastor plays. But we need the prophetic to rise up. We need the evangelist to rise up. And we need the apostolic to rise up. Within our body, we need all of the gifts that Jesus has in the persons. Now, you, you may rise up in the prophetic. I actually see it happening. Lisa is here. Anna is here. I really think Teresa is, is person prophetically gifted. Kim is prophetically gifted. So it's here. We have to figure out how to get it to be more and more released. That's why that class, it just, it just excites me so much because I can see God answering the prayers. But I'm asking you to pray with me. Please, write it down on a piece of paper. Ask Holy Spirit to remind you. When you pray, pray that nothing would hinder the fullness of the Holy Spirit moving in our meeting so that we can be equipped and go. Okay? All right. I probably said this, but it's in my notes. I want to make sure I I reinforce it. Unless that all the gifts are fully represented, Jesus is not fully represented. And and the, the beauty of city on a hill, light of the world, salt of the earth is Jesus. It's when the head is manifest and reflected so beautifully through the body that the world is just going to be completely drawn unto Jesus. So we have to really care about this because we're, we're like this you know, one-armed, limping Jesus guy that's not all that attractive. The parts that are out there might look pretty good, but the world needs to see the fullness of Jesus. Most of these points I've covered for the equipping of the saints. What purpose? The equipping of the saints for the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, a combined, collective, mature person. To the measure, listen to this, here's the call, you ready? To the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. That's what he said. We should, we should go have this. You, Lisa always talks about ministry being fun. Could you imagine how fun? I mean, you know, we don't even have to hang on the cross. That's done. But we could be collectively together. We go to the apartment place, and, and there's the apostle and the prophet, the evangelist, and the teacher, the one gifted with healing and miracles and faith and all this stuff. And the people come out because they want awesome pulled pork. And what they get is the fullness of Christ. Pulled pork is great until you get healed. So you get born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that power is part of your life until your marriage gets healed and your kids are doing great. So the gifts as people. Jesus give people as gifts. Now the gifts through people. This is a long course of scripture. I'm not going to expound on it much, but I want you to hear, I want you to hear in the first one, in the Ephesian scriptures, now in the uh, first Corinthian scriptures, what the gifts look like. This is just some. 
It's not all. What the gifts look like and, and why they're given and how we all participate in that thing. That's, that's what I want you to hear. Okay. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 25. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To which one? Each one. Which one isn't part of each one? No one. Huh, I just made that up. That's good. Which one isn't part of each one? No one. This could almost be like a rhyme. We could do that. Which one isn't part of each one? No one. I'm sorry. I'm off on a dory trail. Wind him back in, Lord. The point is, it's all of us. Every one of us is each one. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation. It's like it's coming out. It's, it's exposed. It's out there. It's operating for the common good. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, and to another the word of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, and to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another distinguishing of spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues, but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually, excuse me, just as he wills. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less a part of the body. If the evangelist says to the prophet, because I am not a prophet, I am not a part of the body, it is for this not less a part of the body. That's one of the biggest deceptions that's in the church is I don't have anything to give. Or we start to compare ourselves. A body without all its parts is a broken body. Paul's going to go on later and he's going to talk about, you know, the more honorable and the less honorable and how we just, we give more honor to the less honorable. The most honorable don't need it because they've already got it and how we minister to one another to encourage one another that there is no part of the body that's not necessary. There's none. There is no part of this body that's not necessary. There is no part of this body that isn't placed here by God for a specific purpose so that every, I don't know if I'm going to get there yet or I've already shared the scripture, but every joint providing what it offers to the whole. If you can be deceived into thinking that you've got nothing to offer, you're under the influence of a lie and you're causing the body to be dysfunctional because he put it in you to be that part. Not somebody else. It's not spare parts. Oh, look, the elbow didn't show up again today. Somebody else go pretend to be an elbow. You can't be an elbow unless you're an elbow. And if you go and pretend to be an elbow because it seems, then whatever you're supposed to play isn't getting done. Sorry, I just need to find myself in this long bit of scripture here. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this. Did I read this already? Not feet and ears? If it's not for this reason, less part of the eye. If the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is not for this reason, any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? 
If the whole were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body, which seem to be weaker, are necessary. And those members of the body, which we deem less honorable, on those we bestow more abundant honor. And on our less presentable members, excuse me, and our less presentable members become much more presentable, whereas our more presentable members have no need of it. But God has so composed the body, giving more abundant honor to that member which lacked, so that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. People as gifts to build up the church. Gifts through people to build up a church. Collectively, a city on a hill. Individually, not a city on a hill. Matter of fact, I think when you moved in the Holy Spirit, you talked about the highest honor, the greatest force of exaltation is humility in the kingdom. That if you want to be, and he says it's good that you should desire a high place, the way you get there is in the low place, is in the place of humility and service. 1 Peter 4.10, just another one that, that to the same theme. Above all, Keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaint as each one has received a special gift. Employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Each one has received a gift. You have a gift. It needs to be employed. It needs to be exercised. It needs to be let out. We need to be in situations where the gift can flow. If, if, we, if we isolate ourselves from the rest of the body, there is no opportunity for the body to minister to the body. And that thing that you have will lie dormant. And that person, that Lego that needs what you have to offer will suffer for a lack of it. We, we have to really get to the place, all of us we, have to get to the place where we see being part of the church, part of the body of Jesus Christ, obedient and responsive to the head of Jesus Christ as our absolute first calling in life. Before you're a mom, before you're a dad, I'm just looking for children. Give me a second. There's a story, I believe it to be true, Franklin Graham shared the story about a, a converted Muslim pastor you know, in Syria or someplace, and his 12-year-old son that were captured by ISIS. ISIS demanded that the father denounce Christ and confess Allah, you know, renounce Christianity and become a Muslim. He would not do that. They took and... They chopped off the ends of his son's fingers in front of him. He still wouldn't. They beat his son savagely. He wouldn't. They beat him savagely. He wouldn't. They crucified his son. He wouldn't. They crucified him. He wouldn't. They're both experiencing 
the glory of God in heaven right this minute. Right? Christ was first in their lives. Not just the dad. Can you imagine the anointing on a 12-year-old child to be able to not renounce Jesus in that kind of a situation? Because they decided. And I'll bet you any money Jesus was so alive to them through that whole thing that the grace of God made that possible, that they didn't have to do that in their own strength. The kid lost, you know what, maybe 70, 80 years potentially of time here. You know what his eternity is going to be like? Don't store up treasure for yourself on earth that, that rust and moths eat it up and destroy it. Store for yourself treasure in heaven that can never be taken away. I mean, there's a couple of guys that got that big time. I don't imagine we'll ever be in that situation. I pray we're not. I pray if we are, we pass that test. I really do. But the point is, we have to make a conscious decision that Jesus is first place in our lives. Even first place above our husband or our wife. Even first place above our children. And when we do that, when he is exalted in that way, when we humble ourselves to exalt him in that way, oh my gosh. The whole world is hearing about this guy and his son. Don't you think that God and Christ are being glorified? Who does that for somebody that's not real? Nobody. Who does that for their demon God? Nobody. But for Jesus, people will do it because he gives them the grace to do it. And and he, they know that the world is going to be changed through their sacrifice. Ah. Paul says, as stewards of the manifold grace of God. Manifold is like, I don't know if this is a great example, but, but there's, there's manifold beauty in a cut diamond. Like they, they call them facets, I think. All the different ways that you can see a diamond sparkle. The, the manifold grace of God through the church is that. There, there's a grace that's healing. There's a grace that's faith. There's a grace that's words of knowledge. There's a grace that's words of wisdom. There's a grace that comes upon the church. When the church operates in its gifts, then the manifold glory of God is seen by the world as opposed to a little bit of the glory of God being seen by the world. Another reason why, because God is so big. His bigness is amazing. I'm almost done. I, I, I want to share a testimony that um, I just a testimony that the lady shared with us on Wednesday night. Here's a guy operating in, in the gifts. I guess you'd call it word of knowledge. And he's sharing. He's like me, standing up in front of a group of people in a church talking. And he's talking about how, he said, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a risk. God gave me a word. And, and he wrote it down. He was just seeing letters. And he's writing down letters, 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 letters. He's looking, but they don't make any sense to him. He's like, God, what is this? It doesn't make any sense. It's gibberish. And somehow he came to the sense that it was actually another language, an African language. So now he's up in front of this huge, maybe a couple thousand people in the room. He's like, does anybody speak an African language? And the guy, one guy in the back shakes his hand and he brings him forward and he says, what language do you speak? He says, Afrikaner, which I guess is a language in South Africa. So he's looking at what this guy's written down and he's like, oh, yes. And he starts to translate it. Something about, I'll make you a trumpet to the something, blah, blah, blah. But the two words at the end, he's like, I, I don't know what that is. That doesn't make sense to me. It's not words I recognize. There was a guy from Africa at the meeting, but he wasn't in the room. 
A little bit later, he comes in the room and a guy sees him. He says, hey, I got this word. This guy translated what it means. Does this mean anything to you? He starts to share what the word was. Trumpet something. And the guy was a pastor. He's like, well, the name of my church is Trumpet something or another. And, he, and it was very um, encouraging to this pastor. And then he says, but there's these two words. And he has the other guy read them. We don't know what those are. And he's listening. He's like, oh, you're saying it wrong. It's like Tanya Brady. That's my daughter's name. The guy was given a prophecy for the church about how they were going to be this beautiful trumpet, like they were going to be this gorgeous, awesome sound of some sort or another out to the people that they ministered to, and it was going to be through his daughter in another language that he just wrote down. I mean, that's the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I think it's cool just because I think it's cool, but if I'm the guy getting that word, don't you know that that ministry is going to take off in ways that the that the Lord has anointed them to, and they aren't going to have to wonder about having any faith to do it because of the miraculous way that he brought that message to them. I think ministry like to one another, to to our hearts and the pains and the hurts in our life and, and receiving ministry, not to mention just broader ministry like Lisa did with us this morning, the biggest hindrance is fear. Maybe fear and doubt, right? Fear that if I need ministry, somebody's going to judge me or I'm going to get hurt or it's not going to be a good experience. You had to just stop it. Those of you that didn't see the video, it's so funny. I'll put, I might have put it on the website. It's on our website. You can go see the stop it video, an immediate thing. Stop it. You have to trust that the Lord is going to make you well in all those places that hurt and that he's likely to use a person to do it. And you just have to be humble to the Lord and, and, and say, I need help. If you're the person that finds yourself in the situation of being who the Lord's going to minister to, trust that he's given you what you need to be that person in that moment for that person and watch what happens. You'll be amazed. Until things are brought into the light, stuff doesn't get dealt with. If it doesn't get dealt with, nothing changes. And all those issues that hinder us from abundant life, from fruitfulness in the kingdom will stay there and we will be hindered and we won't have abundance until they're brought out and dealt with. You can't let fear stop ministry, whichever side of the table you're sitting on. What do we minister to? We minister to repentance from sin. <laughs> My note said re- we minister to sin, and I'm like, no, nah, I don't want sin to be the thing that we're ministering. We don't minister to sin. We minister to a place of repentance. So if you've got an issue of sin in your life, it needs to come into the light and be dealt with. It needs ministry. You need prayer. You need encouragement. You need accountability. You need whatever it is. If there's sin in your life, get help. Don't be ashamed. Everybody wrestles with sin of some sort or another until we're fully representing Jesus. If somebody comes to you and they have an issue of sin, in your humility, start your conversation in your own mind with, but there there by the grace of God go I. And know that it could be you on the other side of the table, as easy it is as you say, thank you, God, for the opportunity to minister. We minister to lies. And the only way we can effectively minister to lies is to have an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and an intimate relationship with the Word of God. Because otherwise you might minister lies to lies. And if you say, well, I don't have either of those, therefore I'm disqualified, 
Stop it. If you don't have either of those, then you need to go get both of those. You need to decide that your list of priorities is off and that time in the, with the Lord in prayer and time with the Lord in his word are at the top of your list, not somewhere when you can find a minute because you're going to find yourself in a position to minister and you're going to feel like you got an opinion, but your opinion needs to be the voice of the Holy Spirit through the word of God. Okay. And then finally, what do we minister to? Anything that hinders the fullness of the abundant life Christ promised us, right? What do we minister to? Anything that hinders the fullness of the abundant life Christ promised us. Anything that hinders the fully fruitful life Jesus expects from us. Fruitful, like there's stuff that, that's happening, that the, that, that, uh, the works of the devil are being destroyed and that, that the lost are being saved, that, that the kingdom is growing and being manifested. Anything that hinders the fully fruitful life Jesus expects from us. Anything that hinders the full recognition of God's love for us. Somebody can't receive God's love, that's a place of ministry right there because it's a lie and there's something that's blocking it and it needs to be dealt with because we're never whole until we can get to the fullness of understanding how much God loves us. Following in parallel and directly with that is the full manifestation of God's love through us. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's hard to love your neighbor in a really awesome way if you can't stand yourself. If you see yourself through the eyes or the lens of failure, of of who knows what else, then you're seeing yourself through the devil's eyes and not God's eyes because God made you beautiful and awesome and perfect. And you picked up spots and wrinkles. I picked up, we were born with spots and wrinkles. And the process of sanctification is the beautiful Holy Spirit with your agreement, just rubbing out the spots and smoothing out the wrinkles so that when you get presented or Jesus literally presents you to himself, you will be a bride without spot or wrinkle. But that which is truly you is already perfect and beautiful. The spot and the wrinkle is not you. And finally, anything that hinders the full representing of Christ in and through us. Anything that hinders us from fully representing Jesus to every person that we see and every person that sees us is a place of ministry. How do we minister? In humility, without judgment, with wisdom, in the spirit, from the spirit, through his gifts, from the word, speaking the truth in love, with confidence and purpose. You are a minister. You are a holy priest. You have the Holy Spirit. You are equipped to be a minister, to bring about Jesus in every person that you meet, and quite frankly, in yourself. So today's takeaway. Acknowledge that you need ministry, that there's some area of life that requires ministry. Acknowledge that you are a minister, that you are. I mean, you say to yourself, I am a minister. I need ministry. I am a minister. I need something. I have something to offer. And acknowledge that you have the gifts of God because the Bible says you do. And if you'll not be afraid and you'll trust a little bit, like Callie did, you'll see them operate sooner, not later. I have three scriptures I want to read to you, and then I want to show you something that's kind of cool. I had these scriptures. I, I, part of the Lord just downloads so many scriptures for a sermon. And I, my biggest challenge is what's a, 
order that will, that will take us from a point to a point and, and make a point. These were three of them. I won't expound upon them. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. The final one is so that you would walk in a manner worthy of the God who calls you into his kingdom of glory. I put them, they were all together. I couldn't figure out how the Lord wanted me to expound upon them, but I felt like they belonged. And I, I just read them together. Listen to this. This probably isn't fair, you know, preaching, but it's cool. If you just read them together, and if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ so that you would walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom of glory. Isn't that a cool paragraph that just kind of jumps together from scriptures, that kind of paints the picture. Picking up each other's burden. When you're, oh, it's so beautiful. And you too, or you two, through those two, so beautiful the picture of, okay, Lord, you're calling me to the front of the V. I'm going to fly really hard, but it's a hard place to fly in the front. And the Lord will know, and somebody will tap you on the tip of your wing and say, hey, listen, why don't you take a break? And then they'll jump in front, and you'll get to fall a spot back. And then you're flapping your wings, maybe fourth or fifth bird, and the Lord is saying, now you take four or five of them out here, and you go and lead that thing. And, and then you'll see them in a V and another V and another V and another V. And that's the church, each one stepping up when it's its time, stepping up in his place so that all the rest of them can have what they need through them. In that picture, you're carrying the burden. You're breaking the... <laughs> I'm sorry. You're breaking wind for your brothers and sisters. You guys, I can't believe... See, now that was probably not the Holy Spirit. If I had discerning of spirits and any control, I wouldn't have said that. The point is, we're being called to be a city on a hill. And quite frankly, I'm not saying we're at point zero. We're really not. I mean, we're doing good. We really are. We, we, we're loving one another. We're ministering to one another. There's a whole lot more ministry happening than I think I'm even aware of, and I praise God for that. But there's lots of headroom between us and the fullness of Christ, right? So it's not like we have nothing to aspire to. There's words of knowledge that the Lord is wanting to speak to us that we just got to have the courage to speak them. And let me tell you, from day one... We've been passionate about the gifts of the Holy Spirit flowing. And from day one, and I'll say it today with just as much conviction as I said it then, you have to know that this is a safe place to take a risk. We will not beat each other up over a mistake. If you think that the Lord is telling you to tell somebody they're a dirty, rotten sinner and they're going to rot in hell, I want you to test that one with somebody first. But if you have something from the Lord that you wouldn't mind hearing yourself? Go for it. And, and if it turns out it was just a nice thing to say and it wasn't the Lord, then you said a nice thing. No harm, no foul. And we learn, okay, that probably wasn't the voice of the Lord. And we've got people in here that, the, that God has gifted with a sensitivity that you can go and you can ask and you can say, man, I'm sensing that 
this might be, like I did this morning, I didn't call Lisa, she's not usually here, and say, hey, listen, you know what? We really want to do words of knowledge. While we were worshiping, while I was holding up, I think Noah weighs about 90 pounds. 36, 37, 90, something like that. My scale right here said 90. <laughs> I felt like the Lord say, hey, ask Lisa the minister in words of knowledge. She's here. Good, 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 good. Anyway, I'm jabbering on. Please, don't be afraid. Please, if you've got something that needs dealt with, find somebody to help you. Don't do it by yourself. And you all got something to offer. Put yourself in a place where it can be offered and received by somebody else. Amen? Amen. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for all these wonderful saints. Thank you for all these people that are gifted. We pray that nothing, not fear, not the lies of the enemy, not our insecurities, not our past, not anything would hinder all of us with you, through you, through us into that place of the fullness of Christ. Lord, we want to be a city on a hill. We want to be so beautiful, so excellently representing you that that the people from the apartment complex, the people that go by, let them see the fire above the building on a Sunday and come wander in here and let it be real heavenly fire that's burning, Lord. We want to be useful. We want to stand before you someday and say, hear the words, well done, well done. We don't want to leave anything, anything out on the field, Lord. We want to spend it all. And we want to spend it all in you, the stuff that actually can make a difference. Thank you so much for your spirit. Thank you so much for your son. We pray that we always will be in that place to allow you to work through us and draw men unto your son. In Jesus' name, amen.